the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, there is encouraging news in the matter of DeMar Hamlin. The Buffalo Bills safety was injured catastrophically on Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll bring that to you. Uh, we will visit with our normal Thursday guest, Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org, although we'll do that earlier than we normally do. 1135, Matt will join us today. And we've often talked on this show, the Bruce Hooley Show, about the LGBTQ agenda and the ever-escalating evil of it and how it is now, among other things, targeting those who push back against it on religious grounds. For instance, a teacher who has a student who claims to be transitioning from male to female, female to male, and wants to be called by their preferred pronouns. Um, Lay aside for the moment that pronouns do not belong to you, so you do not get to pick which ones you want. Uh, This is a matter that a lot of people have a problem with because they feel like it is abiding other people's delusion. And a middle school teacher in the Maslin Canton area said, I'm not going to do that. I have a friend who is also in education who has said to me before that they dread being confronted with this kind of issue because it could lead, they fear, to the end of their employment. What are you to do? Are you to tell the other person what they want to hear? Or are you to stand for truth? And if we are created in God's image, and we are, does calling someone what they prefer to be when that conflicts with reality, is that a reflection upon you not standing for truth? A middle school teacher in Maslin Canton was faced with this and chose to not do what she was ordered to do by her school. She's now being represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom because, of course, she was fired from her job within two hours, even though nobody complained about her stance. She just communicated it to administration. So we'll talk to an attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom at noon today. But let's start with positive news because there so seldom is positive news to talk about with Crime in Columbus and other things. And yes, we have more crime in Columbus to talk about. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, according to the Buffalo Bills, is making remarkable progress in his recovery, which is awesome. Here's the statement. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears, keyword, appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. This is amazing news and super encouraging news because if you watched it live or have since heard about, and I can't imagine that there are very many people who haven't heard about it, uh, DeMar Hamlin died on the field Monday night in Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium. He died. His heart stopped. He was brought back to life by quick acting, extremely skilled emergency medical personnel. 
But what we did not know, besides the fact that he was still being kept alive by a ventilator, was how long was his brain without oxygen? They administered CPR for around 10 minutes. And if they couldn't get his heart going, and even when people, I talked to a doctor who I respect enormously today, even when you are given CPR and even when your heart starts again, it's not the same. The brain does not get as much oxygen once your heart is restarted artificially like that or is kept alive by continuous CPR. There's still no guarantee that your brain will not be denied the oxygen that it needs to not deteriorate. And so this is an amazing development. The bill's coming out and saying that he appears to be neurologically intact. But obviously he's still in a very critical situation. Uh, And another aspect of my conversation with my friend who has dealt with hundreds if not thousands of people in the kind of cardiac arrest that DeMar Hamlin was in, it's been reported that he was breathing 100% via a ventilator, and now he's breathing only 50% on the ventilator. What that means is that the amount of oxygen that was being forced into DeMar Hamlin's lungs by the ventilator has been diminished by 50%, but he is still breathing because of the ventilator. And he's sedated because being on a ventilator is very, very, A, painful, and two, is extremely not comfortable. I remember my father when he awoke from his open-heart surgery, and he was uh, not happy about the ventilator that he had been on and how painful it was. And obviously, when you're on a ventilator, you can't communicate, so you can't tell anybody that you're in an extreme amount of pain. Otherwise, the medical professionals would obviously attend to that. So, I wonder if we will get to a cause of DeMar Hamlin's situation. Because here's the thing. What's interesting about this, many things are interesting about it. But when, and I've had a a friend of a friend die suddenly. She was a nurse, made to get the vaccine, had a blood clot, died blood clot, massive blood clot in her chest. Doctors never saw one like it before. Was it because of the vaccine? These kinds of things kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. Even elite athletes in Europe, other people were collapsing, inexplicable deaths, lots of them, lots more than the norm. But no, not the vaccine. Don't ask. We get to ask about your vaccination status. You don't get to ask about someone who collapsed inexplicably and died. You don't get to ask about their vaccination status. But I would think if the government has been extremely forceful in compelling people to get vaccinated, to get boosted, and that turns out to be, and here's here's the thing, it could have been, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, well-intentioned. I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, exceed, I'm, not, I'm not saying I believe that, I'm just saying let's submit that as a fact and evidence, even though it hasn't been proven, that they're vaccine overreach was well-intentioned. It could still have been a mistake, an unintentional mistake. They were super afraid of COVID. They were super afraid of dying. They were super afraid of their own mortality. I mean, you can see how much fear plays into our culture today by the fact that the DeMar Hamlin event 
cause people to do what? People who would never talk about prayer all of a sudden were talking about prayer. We even had an ESPN commentator pray on live television. That doesn't happen very often. I don't know that that's ever happened. We also have DeMar Hamlin's charity inundated with donations. It had less than $3,000 in it. He collapsed on the field. It had $700,000 more in it in the first hour uh, by 12.30 a.m. Tuesday, which I'm going to say was two hours, maybe three, maybe three, three hours from the time he collapsed. More than 75,000 people had donated almost $2 million to DeMar Hamlin's charity. Why did they do that? Because they were afraid of something. They were just afraid of watching that, want to do something good. They were afraid of, wow, contemplating their own mortality and uh, foolishly, but nevertheless still believed by many people, if I do something good, I will prove myself acceptable if there is someone who's going to judge me after I die. Just in case. Now, I'm saying I don't believe it. I'm saying I believe it. I'm talking about them, not me. Just in case somebody's going to hold me accountable for everything I did on earth, I'm going to do everything I can to prove that I'm better than the guy down the street who's not donating to the charity of the player I never heard of until two seconds ago and is now laying motionless on the turf and looks dead. I'm going to donate to his charity. And so the donation soared, and they're now over $7 million. That's fear talking. That's fear of some sort talking. But I don't know. Do the powers that be in big government, big pharma, do they fear the very thing that most of them have already done, get vaccinated and get boosted? Do they fear enough that that might actually inflict upon them what happened to DeMar Hamlin to get to the bottom of what happened to DeMar Hamlin? Because the numbers suggest that the vaccine is at least worth considering as a factor in what happened to a exceedingly healthy, elite-conditioned athlete collapsing on the field. There's a study out. Dr. Peter McCullough, oh, you're going to cite a guy who's been disparaged and blocked by old Twitter and YouTube and Google. Yes, I am. Uh, He and another doctor have done a study just using internet searches, news stories of people who've collapsed inexplicably. From 2021 to 2022, at least 1,600-plus cardiac arrests have been globally documented in vaccinated athletes. 1,600. With 1,100 of those being fatal The global data showed between 2021 and 2022, former and current American athletes made up 279 of the mortalities, but never any of them on Monday night football. Well, it's encouraging that DeMar Hamlin will not be the 280th victim because it looks like he's progressing, and that is awesome news. All right, we're going to talk to Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio at 1135 today. And I know many of you know that uh, my career in media was um, concentrated in sports. 
for the first, I don't know, 20 plus years of my career. And I talked about the Monday night football incident, DeMar Hamlin. He's getting better. He's uh, neurologically intact, according to his team. And this is a political talk show. And I don't, I don't, like, we didn't break down the national semifinals of the Buckeyes losing to Georgia because it's not a sports show. So I did kind of a sports story in the first block. And I hate to do kind of another sports story, but this is amazing to me. This is the ultimate idiocy of the cancel culture movement. I, and, I, and I hesitate to talk about it because maybe I'm not sensitive to the domestic violence involved in this. It's not at all how I want to come off. I've never hit a woman. I, hopefully I never will. I can't imagine under any circumstances where I would. But it involves the former coach of the Columbus crew. His name is Greg Burhalter. Okay, so Greg Burhalter was the coach of the crew, and he went on to bigger and better things. He's now the coach of the U.S. men's national team, and he just coached. The U.S. men's national team in the World Cup. And I'm going to guarantee you right now, he's done as the U.S. men's national soccer coach. Why? Why is he done? Because they didn't do well enough? No. He's done because when Greg Berhalter was a student at North Carolina in 1991, 33 33 years ago, he went out on a date with the girl he was dating at the time, the the woman he has since married and is still happily married to for 25 years. They got drunk at a bar. They got in an argument and Greg Berhalter kicked his wife under the table. And you say, well, how in the world did U.S. soccer find out about this? This is the ultimate cancel culture story. Okay. So, Producer Pam, I want you to listen to this because you offer a woman's perspective. And I want to tell you, if I'm being a knucklehead, you know, not gallant person. So, Burhalter's dating his soon-to-well, eventually-to-be wife. They go out to a bar. They get drunk. They get into a vehement argument. He kicks her under the table. They end up getting married. They stay married. They're happily married. And their friends, as a married couple, turn out to be another couple who the woman was roommates at North Carolina and a soccer teammate with Greg Berhalter's wife. Okay? Okay. Her name is Raina. Okay? Because she married a soccer star in the U.S., Claudio Raina. Okay? So Claudio Raina and Greg Berhalter are college teammates at North Carolina. Berhalter's eventual wife and Raina's eventual wife are College women's soccer teammates at North Carolina. Okay. And they're lifelong friends. In fact, the Reynas, Claudio Reyna was Greg Berhalter's best man. Now, if Claudio Reyna had a problem with Greg Berhalter kicking the woman he was marrying, why did he stand up with Greg Berhalter at his wedding as his best man? That seems to be a question I would ask, but nobody's asking that question. Anyway, we flash forward to 2022, and the Reynas, in the meantime, have a son. Okay. His name is Gio Reyna, and he got his dad and mom's soccer genes, and he's a really good soccer player, and he's on the U.S. men's national team. And he doesn't play very much in the World Cup. He doesn't live up to expectations. Okay. And afterward, Greg Berhalter is asked, what happened to poor Gio Reyna? He didn't play like you thought he would. And Berhalter says something to the effect of, well, we had a guy on the team who didn't really buy into the mindset and the sacrifice and all the intangible stuff we wanted, and so he didn't play well. He didn't name Gio Reyna. He didn't name him, but everybody knew, oh, he's talking about Gio Reyna. Well, Mama Bear Reyna hears this, and Mama Bear Reyna calls U.S. soccer 
and says, hey, did you know that back in 1991, when your, women, when your men's national coach, Greg Berhalter, was dating the woman he's still married to, that he kicked her under the table when they got in an argument at a bar? And U.S. Soccer goes, no, we didn't know that. How would we know that? And then, of course, U.S. Soccer has to issue the prepared statement mm-hmm. after Mrs. Reyna goes to the press and blabs that, yes, I'm the one who talked about this. Because, of course, when the U.S. Soccer Federation announces they're investigating Greg Berhalter for a domestic violence incident, everybody wants to know, what? Where did that come from? Did that happen last week? Did that happen last year? Did that happen two years ago? No, it happened 33 years ago Mm -hmm. when he was an 18-year-old knucklehead drunk in a bar. Which, that's never happened on a college campus. Greg Berhalter's the only one. Mm -hmm. Here's the statement from U.S. Soccer. We condemn violence of any kind and take such allegations very seriously. Of course they do. Of course. Of course they do. Okay, so I'm just astounded. Berhalter has been suspended. He's not coaching the team. He's not going to coach the team. And I am not in any way, any way, shape, or form sanctioning kicking a woman. Of course not. But... 33 years ago, and he's still married to her, and the allegation against him was disclosed. Not not when he was named the coach of the U.S. Women's National or the U.S. Men's National Team. Not at any point until Mama Reina's baby boy did not get to play as much as she thought he should have. Does she disclose this? Am I wrong to now, say this is nonsense? Has the couple come forward with any public statements since oh, her allegation? Let me find her re- reference, me find I guess I should statements. say. Okay. Berhalter, by the way, has admitted this. He says, one yeah. night when I was out drinking a local bar, Rosal and I had a heated argument that continued outside. Mm-hmm. It became physical and I kicked her in the legs. Okay, I was wrong. It wasn't under the table. While the authorities were never involved in this matter, I voluntarily sought counseling to help learn, grow, and improve. It's one of the most valuable decisions I've ever made to this day. That type of behavior has never been repeated. Okay. So that's what he said. Uh, Mama Reina, let me find you. Oh, we got the Federation has to comment, of course. No, I want to yeah, yeah. know what the, the kick E, the wife had the to wife say. The wife had to say. The dad has acknowledged it. All right. Um, let me leave through. I just wondered. Let me, let me see if I can find a comment from her. But she has acknowledged to the press that, yes, I'm the one who turned it in. Well, of course she has. She yeah. wants credit. Yeah, she wants credit. She's so. Am I wrong to say that of all the things you want to you want to fire Greg Berhalter because he lost games? You don't like his style of coaching. You think he misjudged Gio Reyna? Whatever. All fair game. All mm-hmm. fair game. But to fire a guy for something he did thirty three years ago to a woman who nevertheless married him and is still married is he, to him is he fired or is he suspended? Oh, well, he's suspended. suspended. He's going to be okay. fired. You well, know he's going to be fired. The, the, you can't have this. My personal opinion is that they'll they'll wait and see how long the hubbub lasts. Here's the quote from Mama Rain. Okay, I felt very personally betrayed by the actions of someone my family has considered a Ooh, friend for decades. Okay. Meaning Burhalter not playing her kid. I thought it was especially unfair that Gio was dragged through the mud when Greg has been given forgiveness for doing something so much worse at the same age. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.